Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Jamaica is both a tropical paradise and a nation that struggles with a crushing debt and high crime rate. This is Colleen Chaddix for the Yale Office of Public Affairs. I'm talking with Marlene Malahu Fort, judge of the resident magistrates' courts in Jamaica. Judge Malahu Fort has been a powerful advocate for legal reform in Jamaica and is currently a World Fellow, part of a program for young international leaders at Yale University. I was reading about your first appointment to the bench in St. Elizabeth, where there were decades-old cases waiting to be tried. Tell us how you got things moving. First of all, let me thank you for having me on your program. You're very welcome. I was appointed to the bench in St. Elizabeth at a very tender age, and this was a jurisdiction that had a bad history of bench and bar relationship. So the backlog of cases was no surprise. I began really by looking at the extent of the backlog, the reasons for the backlog, and realizing that there were a number of factors that were responsible. I started addressing those factors, um, chief among which was bad scheduling practices and just far too liberal adjournment practices by the judge. Mm -hmm. So that was a good starting point. And before long, um, things started moving, but of course, not without lots of difficulties. Well, it's interesting. I mean, what you're talking about are, are logistical issues, but it was pretty emotional. You got death threats. Well, yes. Um, well, that was, I think, the least of the lot. The least. <laughs> the least of the lot in my book. Because running a court is not dependent on the judge alone. And we had a bar that was pretty uncooperative. Mm -hmm. And I think um, I'm not even so sure how the death threats came. I went to work one morning and a barrage of police descended on me to tell me that they were investigating a threat on my life because I was dealing with a drug case mm -hmm. and I had remanded the accused person in custody and apparently it had caused serious repercussions with whatever else was happening on the ground and it was out of that. Um, I was told, I, I don't know, by the police that... Um, at the end of the day, some of the lawyers themselves were responsible for this scare in trying to frighten me away from doing what needed to be done. Wow. Because the word on the street was that I was mashing up their business and taking bread and butter from them. Um, I was able to deal with it because I believed that what I was doing was right. And um, the truth is, I don't scare easily. And I think we're all going to die one day. And if you can't live for what you believe, then life is totally in vain. So I just did what I had to do, and I think the good Lord protects you. And people know when your motives are right. I got a lot of support from the public, and it just kept me going. Why does justice, to be justice, have to be efficient? Y you know, this question is, is difficult to answer in the sense that there are so many different versions of justice, and it mm -hmm. means many things to many people. But to the extent that it is about making right what has gone wrong to the extent that it is about ensuring that laws are obeyed and that people's conducts are governed in accordance with established rules to the extent that it is about respect for human rights then it has to move speedily it has to move cost effectively and it has to be seen as fair and impartial so inherent in, th in this concept of justice and ordering of society mm -hmm. efficiency is unavoidable i believe you also worked very hard to get better standards of living and compensation for judges and other court employees why was that a crucial part of reform 
My work as president of the Judges Association, the Association of Resident Magistrate, um, for improvement in the standards of living and compensation of judges was actually part of a bigger work having to do with the independence of the judiciary. There is an anomaly in our judicial system in Jamaica. The judges at my level, although they deal with the majority of the cases, um, they are not part of the judiciary. And it's really a legal anomaly. And so they fall within the executive branch. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So um, the principle of an independent judiciary, as you are aware, has its origin in the theory of separation of powers. And this is a doctrine where the judiciary has to be separate from the executive and the legislature. So to have most of your judges in the executive branch is, mm -hmm. is such a breach of this principle. Um, and, and this principle is not invented for the personal benefit of judges themselves. It was created, you know, for the protection of human rights against right. abuses. So that judges can't act arbitrarily in deciding cases according to their personal preferences, but that their duty is and remains to decide cases according to law. Um, so independence and the fight for improvement in the compensation of judges means independence of the judiciary both as an institution and also individual judges deciding their cases. It is my belief, and I think it is shared by many, that only an independent judiciary can render justice impartially according to law. So questions of fair and adequate remuneration um, are important since they may help to attract qualified persons to right. the bench and make a, just, a judge less likely to yield to the temptation of corruption. And how would a reformed legal system affect foreign investment in Jamaica? Well, certainly investor confidence will be boost. It means that you will have speedier resolution of disputes, contracts, for example. And one of the findings of the Jamaica Justice Task Force that was set up by the government to look at the review of the justice system is that justice in Jamaica was far too slow. So the backlog of cases that I found in St. Elizabeth mm -hmm. was just one of many examples of part of the problem. It would also mean that um, workers would be uh, away from or from their jobs less. Um, if cases are resolved speedily, then it's less money that is spent and less time away from. So at the end of the day, really, it would be about con investment, the confidence of investors right. in, in the system. And what about for Jamaican citizens, what about their everyday life? How would a better judicial system benefit them? If you were to come to Jamaica and you turn on the news, mm -hmm. in, I guarantee that you are going to see some Jamaican holding up a placard saying, we want justice. Mm -hmm. We have so many cases before the courts. Everything that goes wrong, there is a cry for justice. I think to the extent that cases can be resolved speedily, people will feel that they can get along with their lives a little better. Um, it, it would mean a better ordering of the society for Jamaicans. It would mean um, greater satisfaction with the courts. It would mean that they're able to deal with their problems to the extent that they cannot handle them and must take them before the court for resolution, that they can be dealt with more efficiently. Tell me a little bit about how you're collaborating with police. Well, my collaboration with the police began before I was a judge. 
I, I started my legal career as a prosecutor mm -hmm. and I was part of the training division of the office of the DPP. So I was assigned to um, teaching courses at the Staff College and the Jamaica, the Police Academy. And it began there. When I became a judge and I was elected president of the Association of Resident Magistrates, which is a professional body of judges at my level, I was asked in that capacity to be part of the criminal justice subgroup, which was created by the Commissioner of Police as part of a crime strategy plan to reduce the crime problems. So what I do with them, we look at managing intelligence, um, enhancing investigative capacity. Um, there is a court user group which would ensure that um, matters that are under investigation that are also before the court are dealt with as speedily and as efficiently mm -hmm. as possible. So it's providing an insight from the, the judicial um, standpoint into what can be done to make the system better. better. So there are a number of things, some of which, of course, I'm not at liberty to speak about mm -hmm. publicly because by their very nature, they are confidential matters. But it's essentially, it's about making better the system. And to the extent that the police is an integral part of the criminal justice system, then, um, you know, there is much to be said for collaboration without, of course, compromising any independence Your of the judiciary. Yeah. Yes. Can you explain what restorative justice is and why you support it? Ah, when you asked me earlier about justice by its very nature, I indicated that it meant many things to many people. Right. And the traditional view of justice in the criminal justice system is that of retributive justice. Mm -hmm. Now, the principle of restorative justice and its movement is viewing um, crime as a matter of broken relationships between people rather than actions against the state. And I don't know if you've ever taken notice that when crimes are charged, they're charged in the name of the state or in Correct. the name of the people here mm -hmm. in the U.S., in Jamaica, in the name of Regina, the queen, who is head mm -hmm. of state. Um, so the movement is concerned with the transforming the focuses of the traditional justice philosophy away from rules and laws and offenders alone um, toward a concern about uh, the harm that was done to the victim, you know, the changes in the material, emotional and community life that occur as a result of crime and sustain exposure to high levels of conflict. Um, offenders accepting responsibility and recognizing the impact of their actions, and thirdly, enhancing healing and taking responsibility for actions. I, I support it because I think that, you know, when you look on what is happening in, in Jamaica, there is such a high level of violence, and you identified that. The climate is ripe for the healing process. We have a high incidence of um, jungle justice where people take the law into their own hands. We have a lot of incidents of reprisal killings, which is one of the reasons why our murder rate is so high. Mm -hmm. So that offenders are themselves victims in some way. And without dealing with the harm that was done to them, they in turn offend others. So, for example, if I were mugged going down yes. the street, and I participate in a restorative justice model. What, what would my 
direct experience be that would be different? It can vary from any of many things because there are numerous models, but it could be confrontation with the offender. It could involve some form of restitution of your property. Mm -hmm. It could also mean a healing process for you, getting an apology. It can... it you know, confronting the offender in a controlled setting where he or she recognizes that what was done to you was very wrong Mm -hmm. and taking responsibility for that and allowing you an opportunity to say to him just how it has violated your person and your property and making an agreement that you be um, restituted to the extent that you can. It has worked very well where um, the offender is willing to accept responsibility and to move from there. In instances where, you know, there is no acceptance of responsibility, then the full effects are not going to be had at all. You also support mediation, and I guess for pretty much the same reasons. Well, mediation is another method of resolving disputes. In the in the courts, um, adjudication is a primary method by which disputes are resolved. But adju- adjudication as a method of dispute resolution is restricted by rules rules of evidence, Mm -hmm. and not everything is heard. So what mediation does, it allows the parties to sit outside of the stricture of a trial and speak to the issues Mm -hmm. and come to a resolution. And I I do support it because at the end of the day, you know, um, you might win a lawsuit, but Mm -hmm. you might not solve the problem. Correct. So I, I support it because it goes a long way in helping resolving problems Mm -hmm. as opposed to winning a case. Having spent a few months here now, what do you see as the most striking difference between the American legal system and your own? Oh, there are so many differences. But from one of the courses that I'm taking at the law school on sentencing, and as a judge, you can appreciate why that would be of interest to me, the concept of sentencing by jurors, it's totally, totally mind-boggling because it is it is something that is foreign to my jurisdiction um, where the, the punishment of the, at the end of the day is left to a set of individuals whose concerns are very different from a judge who's trained mm-hmm. in the law, understanding, you know, the aims of punishment and balancing those and not being too emotive. Right. There is also the election of judges, which is something that... Um, is not known to my jurisdiction. And there is a feeling in the international legal community that election of judges is not the most appropriate method of Mm -hmm. appointing judges because it can, in very serious way, affect the impartiality and independence of the individual judge and the judiciary as an institution. Um, But the U.S. is a common law jurisdiction like Jamaica, so there are numerous similarities. Um, It's just the nuances. And, of course, you know, there are cultural differences and constitutional differences. Um, But I'm more surprised by the similarities than by the differences. Aside from coursework, what are you really taking home from this World Fellows experience? Um, This is my first extensive experience in a U.S. setting and in Mm -hmm. a U.S. institution of higher learning. Um, Yale is a wonderful place. I mean, I congratulate President Levin for conceiving this idea. Um, The broadening of perspective, the honing of my skills, we have um, 
gone through a number of modules in the World Fellow Seminars that involve revisiting the classical theorists like Thucydides and Clausewitz and looking at the Peloponnesian War in an effort to understand what is going on with America mm-hmm. at war and its implications for its bilateral relations with other countries. So I'm getting that taste, revisiting some of what I have learned before and also learning new things. Um, the other fellows are just wonderful. I mean, their breadth of experience in their different areas. So the mm. exchange of ideas and seeing their perspective and just being able to access the wealth of resources at, at Yale is just unbelievable. I'm, I'm, I feel really fortunate and blessed to have been selected and to be able to participate in the program. Thank you. We've been talking with Judge Marlene Malahu Fort about her work promoting rule of law in Jamaica. For more information, visit yale.edu slash worldfellows.